Welcome to the Boy Park Art Podcast with Una McIntyre and Sarah Linus. Boy Park Art is our virtual place named after the vanished public art sculpture park situated beside the Belfast School of Art where we used to meet and chat. We invite you to our new park to share in conversations about art and artists in Northern Ireland and beyond. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Boy Park Art Podcast. Well, I should say episode 13.2. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just explain what happened. So Zara and I done a Zoom call to do our episode 13 and record it as usual from our studio. So I was in my studio and Zara was in her studio and we talked at great length and it was a brilliant, <laughs> a brilliant podcast, except that I hadn't got it recorded. So I think we've recovered from that now. It is episode 13. Maybe it was to be expected. Well, Una was sacked and she's now back on probation. (laughs) It was either that or a verbal warning. (laughs) The reason we were in our studio is because we wanted to have a chat about the different bits and pieces, objects, what we do, what what things are important to us and comparing the similarities and differences in the way we work. Yeah, because I'm sure every artist studio space is completely different, but at the same time, there's going to be similarities. There's always going to be finished projects, unfinished projects. And And usually a heater lying somewhere about. Studios are not usually known for their insulation and heating and Wi-Fi access and other comfortable amenities. Yeah, I think it's if you get the basics, you're lucky, aren't you? Yeah, a roof. (laughs) So a bit of electricity and a bit of water and you're good to go. I think I've been pretty lucky with my space because it's here at home. It's a a room that's under the house that wasn't used. It's sort of like a basement that you get out get at from outside. It was just a junk room, worse than junk room. I never liked going into it before. It was always full of spiders and fog. It looks fantastic now. Yeah, it's definitely made a turnaround this year, hasn't it? Twenty twenty's been good for it. It absolutely has. And the, um, the the tiling that you have over in your sink is beautiful. But something that we did talk about on our failed attempt to record is the low ceiling, which is quite strange. Yeah, the low ceiling. Well, it's good, though, because it, it makes me feel like I'm tall. <laughs> I can reach the ceiling in there. And uh, I don't know what height I am, but I'm not maybe five, four or so. I'm not that tall. Well, I'm even more challenged than that. I might hit five, one and a half on a good day so I'm used to everything being out of reach and that's another thing that I kind of need in the studio is uh, some sort of a stool. The top shelf is a bit of a health and safety risk. I need to stand on something especially if I'm trying to get something heavy and the one thing that your studio has that mine doesn't is a flat floor. Well there's a few lumps and bumps in it you know it's a bit higgledy-piggledy but it's tiled and it's flattish yeah. Yeah so it's horizontal mine slopes. It's sturdy. (laughs) And it, it doesn't move, which is great. Your slopes, yeah. Slopes and bounces to a degree. I have the added joy of some ivy coming in to my studio as well. So I have some greenery and plant life without having to go out and buy anything. But I do have to cut that back from time to time. So we were in our studios and we were just looking around and talking about what we had. And the first thing I mentioned was I was concerned about a noise that might reoccur. I work quite a bit with ceramics and I have a couple of uh, turntables and I make molds and I dry things in front of heaters because the studio, it takes a long time to dry something in the studio. 
while I was chatting with you, I had a heater on and a mould, a plaster mould sitting on the turntable. And because the floor slopes, it tends to rotate round to one side because of all the weight is on one side of the turntable. So every so often I was kicking the mould so that it would spin and all sides of my mould would dry and the steam was rising off it like nobody's business, which was great. I'm hoping the next time I go back in again that I'll actually be able to cast something from the mould to see how well it has worked. Yeah, so in your studio recently you showed me a few things to do about moulding and a few different materials to use, plaster and latex um, latex yes i love the latex the smell of it and everything so i've ordered myself and i've got some latex but it's um i mentioned to you it's not as a it's not the same size so ordering on the internet is, is a bit tricky sometimes and what i thought i was ordering was like a five liter jar and i got a one liter so it's like a cute little baby latex <laughs> but at least it'll not go off on me and mm-hmm. so that's something that's in my studio at the minute is uh, experiments I don't know if it'll ever be anything, but I've been experimenting with making moulds out of tinfoil and PVA glue, layering them up. I mentioned that in... A oh, do tell, do tell more. <laughs> <laughs> so you had, Sarah, kindly pointed out that it, when I'm making a mould and trying to do it off my face, that I should have holes for the nose so that I could breathe. So yeah. taking on your advice, I put holes where my <laughs> nose should be. And I done really well. I didn't try to do that while it was on my face. I took it off and I done that. But still, what I hadn't realised was that the glue between the layers of tinfoil wouldn't be dry. And so whenever I was smoothing it till my face, it was felt cold. So I didn't notice that I was actually spreading PVA glue all over my face, <laughs> up into my hairline and everything. So I've spent a day or so trying to peel that all off and, and pick it off. I've looked like I've been sunburned, but at least I was able to breathe. Well, it's everything's a learning experience, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. And it is, it's good fun when you get into the zone and you're playing and experimenting. And You mentioned there about things going out of date. I have been making alginate mould and casting plaster hands, my own hands. And I thought I would have a go at making a silicon cast. And I have silicon in the studio. It's been there for quite some time, as has the catalyst. But I made my mix, really stirred it really, really well, poured it into the mould and left the studio because it takes hours and hours and hours to cure. And the next day, I had to pick something up from the studio and nip into Belfast. I just stuck my finger into the silicon, thinking that it would be cured and all nicely set. And then I could come back up and work with it and it would all be great. But whenever I put my finger against the silicon, it was still soft and squidgy and very sticky and it hadn't cured. Headed on into Belfast. That was grand. Handed over the piece of equipment that I had to hand over. And luckily enough, I bumped into the university 3D moulding technician. So I was telling him about my silicon disaster. And he reckoned that if I could get the silicon back out and add more catalyst to it, it might cure. So whenever I got home, I managed to get the silicon out. And it sort of cured, but not really cured properly so mixing in more catalyst was really really difficult really really stiff it was stiffer than the stiffest dough you have ever encountered and then I got it back into the mold left it another day and whenever I cracked it open I, I took a photograph and sent it to Austin and he said it was like a prop from Game of Thrones so I have this silicon deformed hand that bit chunks are missing the silicon didn't go right the way down to the edges of the fingers but my first knuckles are really really well cast and it's just odd and because it's silicon and floppy 
it's just really sinister and really foul. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that. It's just lurking on a table at the minute, lurking being about. unpleasant. Maybe if it lurks about long enough, it might become something or part of it. It might, but because it still hasn't fully cured, you can still see some parts are still tacky. So it's not 100% cured, but definitely it's an improvement. It just means that if I'm going to use that silicon again, I need to double the amount of catalyst that I'm going to use. In fact, since that, I did another alginate mould and there is a silicon cast waiting for me to see what has happened the next time I'm in the studio. Very exciting. It is. And one of the things we were talking about, especially over lockdown, we have been very lucky that we have space that we have been able to go to socially distant yeah and that feeling of peace and freedom in such scary circumstances was so important for my own mental health I don't know about you oh yeah it's been brilliant to have my own wee space and to have it there and just be able to go down in there forget about the housework you know just go down I've got a kettle down there make myself a cup of tea and just get on with whatever I'm doing it's brilliant it's like an escape really really good but it took a long time to get till that stage like you, you've seen the tiny space where I started off when we first moved in here that I allowed for my art was the size of a wardrobe to to work my way up to even allow myself to have that sort of space even just the change in thinking that's had to, to happen to accept that you know and some of the things that I have down there like an easel Brian got me an easel for Christmas and I was a bit embarrassed because I was thinking who do I think I am having an easel you know <laughs> not a proper artist like that it just it's weird and now I've got two of them down there and they're in in action all the time so it's very much you can get yourself used to as well absolutely and I think that goes back to us talking about having that peer support network where you're almost if you can't give yourself permission somebody else will help give you permission yeah and to have that support it'd be good obviously in between the lockdowns there I had some people visit the studio, but it hasn't really happened on a regular basis yet. But you've had your studio for a bit longer, so you've probably had more visitors than I have. And it it has been great crack because of the building and there's nobody else uses the building and it's quite dilapidated, almost to the point of dereliction, dare I say. There's no fear of breaking something or damaging anything. So my visitors, and it has mainly been the likes of Jane and Alice from Poland, they can come in and crack on and play and experiment without being too worried about being too tidy or if they spill something, it's not a big drama, unless it's a five litre bucket of Perry and porcelain, and then it is a big drama. But no, but we've been doing a lot of slip dipping. And even during the lockdown, I was working a day and Jane used the studio to do some glazing of some ceramic pieces that she had been making in her own studio yeah. so you know it was safe enough there was no contact and and it's great to be able to share but the crack that you have and the conversations that can inspire other different bits and pieces it's really nice to have that and because Poland Studios fosters that open shared space which is why it has been difficult for us to open during the relaxation of the lockdown conditions most studios artists have got their own identifiable spaces we have an open plan studio space and then a gallery space and then a smaller open plan studio space so we're used to that openness and interconnectedness and I really miss not having my buddies to come up and play in my toy shop well hopefully things will get better soon and that can happen again I'd love to have some more visitors and come over and play 
sorry, work. <laughs> yes, do some material research. Yes, material research. I noticed when I was in your studio last, Sarah, that you had like YouTube videos going in the background. I like to listen to podcasts, do you, or the radio maybe. Do you listen to much YouTube videos? Or? No, I was just lucky that day that there was Wi-Fi. Okay. Most of the time, I just walked the radio on. And at, from about August until early October, because I was doing the online workshop with PS2 Black Box, I ended up with quite a lot of ceramic work that didn't belong to me in the studio. And Jane was making stuff. I was collecting stuff to bring to my kiln, or she was dropping it off to me to bring home to fire it. So my studio was full of other people's bits and pieces. And now I realise I find that really difficult to get my own work done because I was surrounded by so many things belonging to other people. Once I got all that moved from the studio, I was back in a day, the radio was on, it was quite a nice day and then I discovered that I was having a wee boogie to myself, the status quo, and just thought what a wonderful place to be. Little amuses the innocent. Yeah, this is why we need a life cam maybe into your studio. But isn't it nice to be happier at your work? Oh it is. It definitely is. We're very lucky. And well, the one thing that's the same for me here, that is the same in my art space, is a poster of my favourite painting. That is Children's Games by Bruegel the Elder. And I find it really inspiring on a couple of different levels. One, it was the first painting that I really felt a connection with that connected me with the art world and the art world with the past and the present and potentially the future because it was painted in around 1560. And there's about 84 different games all going on in it. And quite a few of the activities are things that I would have done whenever I was a child that children were doing 500 years ago. And we don't know, maybe in 500 years in the future, although it's hard to picture what the future is going to be in the next 20 years. Yeah, or even the next four or five. Yeah. Yeah, that painting's obviously very special for you. You've got it at home and in your studio. He had asked me if it had any connection to the work I was doing at the minute. And yeah. the spheres, the, the clay spheres that I've been working on, there are various ball games going on in the Bruegel painting. So yes, it is my go-to if I'm struggling for an idea. I will have a look at the painting and something will click, whether it's a shape or a colour or a game or an idea or how people look, how they look like they're feeling can just start me on doing a something that can then lead on to another something. Yeah, it's good to have that to, to start off from, isn't it? It's interesting as well how looking at a painting can influence what you're making, like in ceramic, yeah. Well, you have, you described it as a mood board. Yeah, my, my notice board. Yeah, it's kind of like a mood board for inspiration. It's sort of anything that I've seen that I liked and collected. You know, you hoard a wee bit too, I hoard a bit. I don't know if it's hoarding, being prepared or keeping hold of things that I like. So now that I've got everything in one place and got the studio space, it's been really, really good to take all the bits that are for inspiration and pin them on a notice board so that I can see what they look like all together. I've moved house so many times and I've been even been between addresses at times and living with all my stuff in storage or in the boot of the car. Now to have everything in one place is brilliant and to be able to see like... The amount of things that I've started over the years, even when things were maybe rough and I wasn't thinking of art at all. You know, there was bits and pieces that I'd started and now finding all of that, I'm like, oh, look, I was there at that time, but I just wasn't in the right space or, you know, didn't really know what I was doing. So maybe don't know what I'm doing, but 
you, you can dust, dust the cobwebs off it and bring it out yeah. and give it a wee bit of air and space. Yeah, and now seeing everything start to come together in the one place, it's starting to make a lot more sense. It's making a, a good wee environment for me down there for working in and experimenting in. And you, you've got a great chair in your studio. Yeah, a rocking chair. That's my thinking chair. <laughs> but sometimes it's nice to just sit and think for a while instead of just panicking, going, I have to be doing something, I have to make something. And to be able to sit in that space and just have a look around me or look at, I would say read a book, I probably should be reading more. I know I'm struggling with that at the minute, but like looking at reference pictures and old books of flowers and, and things like that, you know. Isn't that good though, that you have designated that chair as somewhere where you give yourself permission to take time. Yeah. I, I think, for example, me forging on ahead with the alginate and adding the alginate to the water instead of the water to the alginate. If I had taken five minutes to think that through, that would never have happened. <laughs> well, if I had it took five minutes to think through cutting a hole in the middle of the tin foil, that the glue would be wet. Yeah. So sometimes you, there's time for thinking and there's a time for just getting on and learning from your mistakes, isn't there? Yes. Well, speaking of mistakes and stuff too, there's plenty of stuff sitting around the studio that I've started, but I don't know if they'll go anywhere. I suppose a bit like your sinister wobbly arm. And all the pieces from the MFA Instagram takeover. We paired up to take over the MFA Instagram for a week each. But quite a few yeah. high objects that are sitting out in shelves so I can see them. I still don't know what I'm going to do with them but I know if I put them in a box it could be a couple of years before I would ever lift them out again yeah so it's better to have them sitting about and you can see them and well, that's the thing on this and one of the things I do do now if I'm putting things into cardboard boxes I always have a sharpie handy so I can write on the box so that yeah. at least there's still some sort of a cue you know a visual reminder that oh you've got that I, there I, I made that that's still something can be done with it yeah that's a good idea do you keep any like a record in a notebook or books or anything or do you keep any sketchbooks or well I have all the sketchbooks from I started in the tech right the way through the BA and I do use sketchbook not as often as I think I should it's back to that drawing thing after having so many years of being told that I couldn't draw it takes something to nudge me into that drawing space but I do keep a record. I also would keep a record if I'm doing something with ceramics and um, glazes that is new to me. I would do a sketch of the piece, sometimes take a photograph and make a note of what I've put where. And if I can photograph it, to take a photograph of it before it's fired, then maybe when it's bisque fired, then it's finished. I still would keep a note of the process. So that's yeah. quite important. Like your own recipe book? Pretty much, although in fairness, I'm not actually mixing glazes. That's a few years down the line for me. But I do have uh, notebooks. I would have text notebooks from research or if I'm watching something on TV and there's something interesting about it, I'll grab one of a couple of notebooks that I use for that sort of thing. But it's very hard to keep everything consistent. So I started one notebook that was going to be for academic reference. And there are a few pages that maybe have my creative writing in them because it was the first thing that came to hand whenever I had an idea of something to write. So there yeah. is a bit of mix and match. And I'm not a great one for buying notebooks because they're pretty. Yeah, I'm a sucker for pretty notepads. 
<laughs> but I think one thing that's been important to get over is keeping them perfect. Like I use sketchbooks a lot for like sketching down different landscapes that I've seen or when I'm out walking I'll collect different leaves and branches and I'll be sketching those so if I, it's like making my own wee reference book as well but getting over that making the first drawing in it or the first scribble and not worrying about it if it's like you're worrying there that it's all should be academic or whatever in a certain notebook I think you're right just lift it and use it and well it's fine well I do keep the writing sort of in, in a couple of books and the drawings and whatever in another book but I am precious about books yeah I, I love my books and I'm really reluctant to lend my books to anybody but like shoes I don't lend my heels out and I don't like lending my books out shoes would have been a part of my practice objects would be quite important in my practice and because I had such a large collection of shoes and books I ended up documenting them so I have over 100 120 don't know how much more than that pairs of shoes and boots that are all photographed and documented and from that the footprints that I made and the small porcelain boots that I showed down in Galway all stem from the shoe and boot collection so I had a, a pair that pretty much died but I couldn't bring myself to throw them out even though they were unfit to wear out in safely in public I ended up pouring plaster into them and I was able to rip them apart after that because I got the final year sight of them and from that I was able to cast traces of where my feet had been and you can actually see the indent of my toes on the porcelain and it's it's really precious. Have you got those in your studio as well? Boxed yes. Lovely yeah I don't know what my space will be like for storage eventually and I suppose it's just a matter of growing more into it and adapting isn't it? Digging out a basement. Because your practice has been mainly photographic up until the end of your final year, right? in the MFA, you are discovering a lot more, a bigger variety of materials to work with. You could fall into that trap. Yeah, it's gone from being able to be carted about on a USB till... Needing a shopping trolley. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have my trolley with me. It was a good job. I had my trolley with me the last day I went up to uni because I brought my rock home. That's something that's missing from my studio at the minute. It's my, my rock that's on wheels, slumpy. So I brought Slumpy home from uni and it has a lead now. So I was able to take it out of uni by itself, you know, just wheel it and manage the lift and all okay and managed a few different types of carpet. And we eventually worked out how to get out through the rotating door. It was difficult enough. Yes, so we got outside and unfortunately a wheel fell off when we were near the car. So a good job I had my trolley with me. I was able to scoop them up, put them on the trolley and then take the rest of the way. And, and then abandon, abandon him in the boot of the car? In the boot of the car, yeah. So, well, I need to do a repair job, get the wheel back on and take some more videos. So the videos, I took some videos off from leaving the uni and I've put those on TikTok. So now I want to make some more videos of them doing different things and add it onto TikTok as well. So if anybody is on TikTok and wants to follow Slumpy's adventures, they can let me know and I'll share them a link. I don't know where that'll go or if it's the right platform, but I would love to interact and see about the, you know, see if I can get some comments generated or get people's input. Get, get a story going. Yeah. Because I really love the comments that the like of Patricia Puccini gets with her work. Well, I did try TikTok after your encouragement. And now that I have my new phone after the spectacular demise of my other phone last week, I yeah. can't see me adding that app back on again. It just wasn't for me at all. 
we didn't have a good technology week last week did we no we didn't um yeah so well i think you have to you can't be on all the platforms because you would just be a full-time job just keeping up your social media i can sometimes hardly keep up documenting my work in the studio just the hands being dirty all the time the last thing you want to do is go and pick up a piece of equipment to start taking photographs halfway through something yeah that's a tough one to get around unless you do time lapses of yourself well, you've done that haven't you time lapses of you i have have done a bit of that but i've lost all that oh no nobody was injured it's all okay did you lose that last week yeah yeah now i'm, I'm lucky again because of this whole peer support and sharing there are quite a few images that i have shared with the likes of yourself and other studio members yeah so look, look what i've done today so i can gather up quite a lot of images but the bulk of them are, are gone and that's really bad for somebody who prides herself on backing up her backup external hard drive quite frequently some something else technology wise that didn't go right i'm talking about backups so i have a backup and a backup of my backup and only this week i've realized that from january anything that i have backed up has been looking as though it's there but when i go into it because the other day i needed to go in to actually get something back it's all corrupt yeah so photos and all is fine but any document is all corrupt from january yeah so i haven't even begun to think about what all that is but it's a it's quite a bit another good note to self is email things to yourself yeah that is a good idea another thing that i have been doing this week with the lockdown and galleries being unable to open i have applied my considerable video editing skills to uh the r space exhibition that was due to open instead there is a digital opening so it is online at the minute and it is starting off with artist talks sent in by the six artists that were selected for the obvious exhibition that Robert was talking about that last week so we compiled all the artist videos that were sent in and strung them together and that is available on the RSpace YouTube channel we'll have to have a look at that i take it sue is in that too that we that's right yes sue cathcart gary shaw jill phillips pauline clancy amy nelson and Aoife o'connor oh that's really good good well i'm glad something went well digitally this week and i did my first instagram tv file upload as well for the rspace instagram you see i am getting trailed kicking and screaming into the digital age so something i've been up to this week was having my nieces over for a sleepover and some time in the studio as well. I love to get down there. And that's something else I have as well is like a little trolley just for them so they know that what they can access and play with and work with. They love mixing paints and mixing colours and then they've got little notebooks and they, they'll write in there, you know, different, put in swatches of what they've painted and write how they made it and then they go back to it and work it out and if they want the same colour again. So it's lovely to see them learn. It's lovely to see them so liberal with things as well, whereas I would be very cautious, you know, when I'm mixing colours and like I'll mix up a colour and then realise that I've only got enough to paint about a square inch maybe, whereas they're a lot more free and I, I wouldn't want them to not not feel like that i need to learn from them didn't you mention something about stripy paint yes uh, so one of them had mixed black and yellow together well not mixed sort of put them in the same pot and give them a quick swish it was just the black with the yellow trails through it and she's like oh look it's b color so <laughs> <laughs> 
she's like, that's it. It's B color. Done. Job done. That's really <laughs> sweet. I know. I just wouldn't it be great to be as happy and confident and carefree about everything that you've done in the studio as, as you would be when you were eight and five. Yeah. I have to say that's one thing that the master's course has given me is that permission to not be so severe on myself and the fact that you can be an artist working with different materials you don't need to pigeonhole yourself into I'm I'm a painter I'm a sculptor I draw you have that room and that that master's course is very good for allowing people that room to work across disciplines it and the encouragement that you get is is super you know it allows you to be an, an artist and not just a sculptor or not just a painter. We're very lucky that the course that we have available to us here in the north is that course run by those particular lecturers. Yeah, completely. I, although I, whenever I started, I wanted to desperately know what I was, and still sometimes find myself going, "Oh, I just like scramble and trying to think, find something." Even though I know what you're saying, I don't want to be just this or just that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But feel like if you don't have one particular thing that's yours or that that what you do you haven't made it yet or you you're never going to be anything it could just be that your theme is what you are no matter what material you're working with yeah you know that you're coming things coming up things from a certain direction is how you do things oh when we were talking about visitors to shoe i should have mentioned as well that normally amber the dog comes and lays under the table and that's how you can probably hear her snoring at the minute in the background but and she has been snoring in previous podcasts for sure but she keeps me company down there had you mentioned something under your table i have bags of clay on on a thing on wheels that i can pull in and out from under one table underneath another table i have got loads of plastic containers that have different types of fabric in them one of them is linen specific and it has a lot of white work and embroidered linen and i have been working a wee bit with that and trying to pick out the embroidery pattern i also had linen that I buried in the garden for a bit dug it up again i say buried in the garden i actually used it to line a hanging basket so it looked like it had been buried but it was all the and I slip dipped that in Perian porcelain slip and have created a few really beautiful and fragile objects from that uh, with a view to the next linen biennale but again I'm not 100% sure why I would want to present them so those are other objects that are sitting out safely on shelves in my peripheral vision all the time but at some point and maybe it'll trigger something and I'll go back to them again yeah so definitely is good to have things sitting out and about well that should probably help me justify my latest purchase for the studio oh what have you got now I well I love dressers absolutely love dressers and Susan Hughes who is also doing the MFA with us was selling a dresser I don't know if you've seen it on her Instagram no I couldn't resist it's a 1950s <laughs> 1950s dresser and it's it's in down now. I haven't um, decided what exactly to put on it yet, but it just fits perfectly in where it is and looks like it's always been there now already. So I think it works well with the low ceilings and all too. It's quite petite. Justify, justify, justify. Justify it there with your, with your storage, yeah. I had to have it. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm a big fan now of those light trolleys with wheels. Yes. I, I think use you some... have one as well in the studio. Mine's more out of necessity because there's so much damp still in the room to come out. It'll gradually, well, I think, dry up. Um, but because it's been unused for years and years, it's going to take a wee while. So I try, I use the trolleys to keep 
like good papers and stuff away from the walls and away from on shelves and things well i was going to say to you if you had a studio wish list what would be missing from your studio but i think you've just answered that with a dresser a dresser yeah i think i would want a bigger window some more daylight yeah that's one of the things that my space is missing the sun doesn't shine in through the window it's on the other wall of the building and most of the time i Unless it's a really bright sunny day up until maybe about one o'clock, then I need to turn the light on. I miss lots of natural light. We were really spoilt in the art building, in the college, for those huge big windows and the amount of light that we had. Miss that. I'm pretty happy with my space at the minute. I just need to keep at it and keep working in there. And, and I'm, in, I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, obviously it's going to stay there, hopefully, but I'm excited <laughs> to see how my work goes. <laughs> Unless it slides off down the hill. <laughs> the wandering studio room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that I have started to do is document the studio space because I'll not always be there. And it is such an eclectic and unusual spot. And it does change week on week with the different things getting made and getting moved about. So hopefully in a few years time, I'll be able to look back, place myself back there. It would be something that I generally wouldn't tend to do but a couple of people suggested you were one of them you need to document this because it's such a great space it is it's unique yeah great maybe wrong word unique works well it is unique definitely and full of character it is full of character and full of goodness knows what else i think there's just a constant battle between me and the spiders and in some some areas i just let the spiders win because i'm short ceiling's quite high don't have my glasses on i can't see what's going on up there so it's all good denial can help a bit yeah hopefully next time then we will be having a bit of a chat with the lovely jane cherry yeah we'll be talking to jane next week and it's been really good to get catching up and get talking about our studio spaces and it'll be interesting like you're starting to document now but it'll be interesting to see maybe in six months time or a year's time if we both talked about our studio spaces again would there be any differences would you have moved or yeah you will know? you be able to actually get into yours with all the furniture you're going to be buying <laughs> <laughs> full of dressers and trolleys you never know okay well that's us for this week then yeah that's it okay everybody stay safe and look after yourselves and uh, talk to you next week yeah okay bye-bye Thank you.